Hey, Mike. How's hey, it Kyle. going? How's it going this Sunday good. night? Uh, pretty good, except I can't believe it's already Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's back yeah. to work tomorrow, huh? Yeah. And I have uh, I have a busy week starting tomorrow, so I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, I have a busy week, too. But uh, it's busy yeah. mostly because I'm going on vacation on Wednesday, so I have a lot of crap to do before then. <laughs> Ooh, excellent. Where are you going? Just back home. And then oh, we're going, that's right. We're yeah. going to Pergosa Springs, but we're stopping there for a couple nights and then going home. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, should fun. <laughs> so you don't... Uh... You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to work like any time when you go when you go away or anything. You just no. Uh, no, I don't just... take my laptop with me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. If that's you do, cool. do you have to? Uh, no. Um, I mean, I I could like theoretically, I could go like I could go down to Florida and yeah. I could. I could take my laptop and I could like work during the day and then just not use vacation time, you know? Yeah. Um, so that I could do that. Like if I wanted to, but I, I probably would, and I would rather take the time off. Yeah. Or else it's not really vacation. I mean, it's <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, you still get to do different stuff after work, but yeah, yeah not the same for sure. Yeah. It works out if you have to do something, like if you had to go to Florida for something. Yeah. And it was an unplanned vacation, but. Right. I have uh, I have people on my team at work that do that a lot. Like I've yeah. got a, there's a guy on my team that um, in every October he goes down to uh, Alabama uh, for a month and but, he, yeah. he, he works down there during the day but then you know at, at night he's off and does you know whatever yeah but yeah well that works well for that kind of thing like if you're gonna spend a month with family i guess yeah 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 for sure. yeah. yeah i uh i kind of had a big uh a big event this past week i uh actually went out and bought a new car Oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. It's, got rid uh, of the old one and got a new one, or what? Yeah, I traded traded the old one in, and I had actually I've actually never had like a brand new car before. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. I wanted yeah I wanted something totally brand new and. It's uh, kind of nice because then you know like everything like you know the history of it you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's been done on it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny like my last car was a 2012, so um having like the new features is just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a 2001 Dodge Durango forever. Yeah. And I just upgraded just just yeah. uh last year or the year before last. Yeah, I always I always liked not having a car payment, you know, and, uh, it was so nice, but, uh, but yeah, I wanted to try something different. What'd you get? Um, I got a 2022, uh, Ford Escape. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's like uh like an SUV type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. Well, that's that's cool. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I turned a year older and <laughs> yeah. fell fell down showing my age, but <laughs> Oh, you fell down. Yeah, I was walking the dog and I bit it. Oh. The, the day I turned 50, you know, the day I turned 53, I ate it. Did you didn't get hurt, did you? No, I was all right. That's I, good. I bruised my ankle, but other than that, I was fine. Yeah. I was able to get back up and keep moving. That's good. That's good. It wasn't one of those life alert things. Yeah. So hit, the, <laughs> hit the button, come help me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had my go. phone, I would have called Barb. Said, yeah. Come get me. <laughs> Yeah, you have to have your dog try and drag you home. Uh, she looks, she doesn't, she's not like the dog that seems to care. <laughs> yeah, she, she yeah my other her. dogs would look and they'd try to, you know, they'd lick you or try to, you know, like, why are you falling? And Harley's like, yeah. why aren't we walking anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my dog's kind of like that where he knows like if something is out of the ordinary, he get kind of gets freaked out, you know. Yeah. yeah yesterday yeah. I was kind of stressed because Harley was sick. She hadn't eaten all day. Oh, and yeah. And she was sort of throwing up, but today she seems perfectly normal. So That's I good. think she just had a bad day. Yeah, those are those are rough like when you because you start to worry and you're not sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was especially <laughs> worried too because of this upcoming vacation. You know, I was like, I can't leave her like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was happy that she was back to normal today. Mhm. Yeah, that's good. So uh, the, it's funny because when we were saying what I thought would win. It was the one that I thought would not have a chance of winning. Oh, really? The Mr. Miracle, yeah. What one did you think would win again? Oh, I thought... Let me see what the choices were. I can't even remember. We had... There was a Nightwing, wasn't there? Yeah, Nightwing, Superboy. Uh, Aquaman, the Hook Hook Aquaman, and Superboy. Yeah, I thought that those four were kind of a toss-up. Yeah, Mr. Miracle, I didn't think so because of this creative team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just didn't think that Demetrius and Ian Gibson would would be a draw, but I guess uh, I was mistaken because they won by a landslide. Yeah, <laughs> they 40. did. 40.5%. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this era of Demetrius is just so good. Yeah, it was it was highly entertaining, yeah. and it's it's meant to be like a, a light comedy in the vein of <clears throat> Justice League International too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's pretty. It, it's kind of it's a very similar tone to like the um, uh, the De Mateus, uh Doctor Fate stuff. Yeah. Um, like with the comedy. Yeah, with like the way he, 
Demetrius did with uh, <laughs> switching genders and then like yeah. having the old the old man. I don't remember if that was Demetrius. Was that Messner Loeb's? That was Mes- I can't remember wh- where the line broke, but um, do you remember they had the old Nelson? <laughs> yeah, the old the old man was Messner. Messner Loeb's, yeah. And then uh, Mateus was the the girl and the the little boy. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty. So there was like the the weird relationship between the the lady and the little boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they would do that today in today's world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it was people. it was like the older woman. Right. And yeah. the young boy. Yeah. 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 It, it was very bizarre. Yeah. <clears throat> but this has uh in this one we get uh Grouchy uh, Oberon, which is entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's grouchy because he wants to go back to the the embassy. Yeah. And he's like, why are we doing this suburb <laughs> thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to live uh, in a boring, boring town. And then he has the, the kids picking on him. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> yeah, the school kids pick on him and call him a hobbit. Yeah, a hobbit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like how uh, Scott Free just picks him up by his his collar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they move out to the middle of nowhere. He establishes a job. I, I don't. It doesn't really say they're trying to have a kid or anything. It just says they're establishing a another alias to to do whatever they're going to do. Yeah, they want to. They kind of want to just live a normal life, like a normal quiet life. And then there's those those weird demons making noises throughout all three issues. Like, yeah, there, there's some like haunting or some attack that's coming up. I thought they were originally related to Bedlam, but I did too. I, I after issue three, I I don't think they are. I think there's something else. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Uh... Maybe I didn't notice um, what you he did. Because went, he went away. Unless unless in issue three, that's really not High Father. I think it's High Father, but if it's not. Yeah. Um, does it does it show those, those demon... So it shows those demon things in issue three? Yeah. I think yeah, it's towards I didn't, the end. I didn't remember that. Yeah. So he it, it, he also doesn't seem like he can fix anything, which is odd. Because there, there, there's a couple of mentions in there, like, I don't know how to do this car thing or this bike thing because my I'm so used to fixing things with that are like apocalyptic technologies and stuff like yeah. that. So, so I thought... I just thought maybe he could use the use mother box to. And fix. I think he, I think he was. Yeah. Going to use it because when he was back at the shop, he had you know the mother box was pinging because during this time he thought he lost mother box or it was taken away from him uh, by Doctor Bedlam and th- that's where the comedy ensues is 
they move into a neighborhood and there's like a married couple next door and yeah. they they invite them over for dinner one night and then the other night they get invited over for dinner and all kinds of crazy things happen um yeah, mostly so... dr bedlam comes to have dinner with them and he's poking uh, he captures mr miracle and and sort of traps him with this like these like snake dev you know devices that and they say well you can't escape i've taken i've taken all of your tools away from you as well as your mother box he says he killed mother box <laughs> Yeah, he said he smashed it. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, ob I mean, obviously he was just bluffing about Mother Box. But, uh, but yeah, so the first dinner at the neighbor's house is when Dr. Bedlam shows up. And uh, I, love, uh, I love the scene with the guy uh, peeping through the fence at Barda. <laughs> yeah. The neighbor. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, wow. But then yeah. the wife comes and he's like, he's harmless. He was just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, let's see. Oh, and then Barda puts her... Uh, Barda puts, like, her battle armor on for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I don't think you should wear that. What did you think of uh, Ian Gibson's art? Just curious. I really like it. Yeah. Um, it uh, it reminds like it to me. It looks a little. It looks similar. It's a little different, but it looks similar to Keith Giffen. I don't uh, see that, but um... I, I think it's the way he draws their faces, like because he he gives their faces really kind of that kind of boxy that boxiness um kind of like I, I think he's got this curliness to it especially yeah. in the noses like if you look at oberon his face is like super chunky and yeah and round and his nose <laughs> is round and uh, i when i first read this back in the day i didn't like it but now i yeah. i think i i like it so I was just curious to see because I don't I didn't know if you had read this before. Yeah, I've read some of this before and I had read these issues before. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the art. It's. Uh, um, it's got it definitely got a unique style to it. And, and I really like the colors, too. Yeah, I. I think he reminds me a little bit of Joe Staten. That's that's who he reminds me of, you know the mm. guy who did Green Lantern Corps and Millennium, yeah, yeah. and E Man. I mean, I I don't know like if he's influenced by it, but he looks like Joe Staten to me. His art style. Mm. I I'd like to see because. I don't remember him drawing anything else. I think there was a Tarzan series at, at one point that he was doing. I want to see if it comes up on my database of what else he's done. But it could take a while. I just clicked. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I definitely think that he's. Uh, I definitely think his art's a good fit for this book, though. Oh, it's good for uh, the you know the Jack Kirby verse for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because he gets to play with Doctor Bedlam, and I'm sure we'll get to Granny and <laughs> his uh, his creatures too. Like when the when the neighbors turn into those creatures. Yeah issue too like those just they're they're really well done like super detailed um really cool looking and well, I, said, I thought they were going to turn to neanderthals but some of them turned to vultures and <laughs> yeah of, they de- it was a de-evolver so it, was, it de-evolved them yeah the neighbor like the the guy kind of looks like a werewolf yeah and, uh they look know, like monsters like... sort of like just different yeah. types of monsters. Yeah. The way he draws um, Bedlam is really cool, too. Like, he's kind of got the giant forehead and the, yeah. the real pointed jaw. I like the reference to the device that they used to <laughs> fix them uh, back to the original series. That was pretty cool. There was like one of those footnotes. Yeah, I noticed a couple of them referenced the original series. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I thought the High Father was a little weird. Like it was all done like on comedy is like Yeah. Oh, the my father in law is showing up for dinner and he wasn't even invited yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And he was uh he was very uh high father was very like informal too and very like comedic and naive about yeah what happens on the earth yeah and scott and Barda were trying to you know treat him like seriously and like with respect and everything and he he was more of the the laid back comedic one I yeah thought. he was having him call call him by his first name and they they couldn't do it yeah but they were they were born on <laughs> apocalypse like there's even a scene there where was it oberon that was like wow you know i'm more of a father to you than than him yeah. because he 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 gave you away <laughs> yeah he yeah gave you the dark side Boy, he, uh, I like the way he draws Barda in this. Yeah, she there was one so scene I tweeted about that doesn't even look like him, though. It looks amazing. Because he doesn't have that curly nose or anything. It, it's, this, it's the scene where she throws a fit about having to cook dinner or something. <laughs> oh, you ruined our dinner party. Yeah. It actually, yeah. that scene there looks like Kevin McGuire. Yeah, that's I really like that that drawing there. That's really good. It looks so much like Justice League International there. Yeah, and maybe that's what he was going for. Cuz they do uh they do reference JLI as well in this book. Yeah. A few times. And then at the end of the High Father adventure, did you notice <laughs> that uh, uh, 
reference where Scott is touching fingers with High Father, and it looks like the painting of Jesus touching God, the famous yeah, painting. The, Did you notice the, that too? This, yeah, the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. That was the first thing I noticed when I when I loaded up issue three to to read it because it's pretty it's pretty uh, obvious. And even like the the wording on the cover reunion, like they've got the kind of uh, classical looking font. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ian Gibson did uh-huh. a lot of art for 2000 AD and oh, like okay. the Halo Jones, you know, like stuff that's at <laughs> Rebellion and Eagle. That's where he came from. So was he like a British guy? Yeah. Judge Dredd. Yeah. Mr. Miracle's like the only thing that I see that is not... Well, there's some Star Wars stuff. Yeah, he did some Star Wars stuff. Hmm. But most of it is... I mean, there's like onesie-twosie issues of Marvel and... DC but all almost all of his work is uh is from 2000 AD you know those characters yeah uh, Robo Hunter and Halo Jones and Judge Dredd yeah so he's he's definitely an English uh artist He worked with Alan Grant a lot, Grant Morrison, John Wagner, Alan Moore, The Ballad of Halo Jones. So that's why he's not too familiar to me because I only have a handful of his stuff. Yeah. I have a Sam Slade Robo Hunter. Yeah, his I don't Halo think Halo Jones. The yeah. Alan Moore Halo Jones and some of his Judge Dredd, but there's not too much I have. He did do I think this is from Boom Studios, the Steed and and Mrs. Peel, which was that based on that TV show The Avengers. Hmm. Something called Strip. But uh, that looks like something from Marvel's Epic line. Yeah, I just wanted to see because his name, like, I remember seeing his art when it first came out and not liking it. <laughs> yeah. Because when I, it was it was jarring, I got used to it, but um, I remember when it came out, not liking it. Now 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 I like it quite a bit. And it even looks good, like, well, I read this digitally, even though I own no physical copies, you know, zooming in on the panels, you know, blowing them up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks really uh, clean and crisp. Yeah. I One thing I didn't notice, uh, I didn't notice it the first time, but I like uh, at the, in issue three at the dinner, at the dinner when... Uh, 
um, they come to uh, Scott's house and uh, High Father fixes the meal uh, that that uh, Barda um, was well, that cooking. That looked like a disaster. <laughs> it yeah, looked like, but... it looked like the whole kitchen was on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then High Father just turned it into like a giant feast. But uh, uh, Scott's got—I like Scott's um, his suit. He, His—he's got like a yellow suit jacket. Yeah. A green shirt and a red tie. <laughs> so it's like his costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and High Father dressed like. Uh, like Abraham Lincoln or something. Oh, he was uh, doing a Fred Astaire. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was watching hat. the boob tube. Yeah. And he, he thought that looked nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. The other thing that was interesting, though, is the end of issue three, the forever people show up for dinner. Yeah. Forever people bust He, he drew them really well, too. Yeah. Like he would have been great on a Forever People uh mini series for sure. Yeah, the, his faces, his faces look look very very similar to like Kirby and like kind of like how Giffen does his faces when he does Kirby stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I I liked that. It's like a it's like a sitcom. And then uh, we read uh, Robin and Batman. Yeah, I had no idea what this was about. I didn't. I didn't really know anything about this one. I like this one a lot because I I've seen this yeah. team work together before. Yeah, and I knew good. they worked good. Like they they flow well as a you know writer and art team for sure. Yeah. And this is kind of like Robin year one, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, Robin's training uh, with Bruce, and he's still kind of getting over his parents. Um, and Alfred is struggling a little bit with uh, the way Bruce is kind of raising him. He does some harsh shit, though. Like He does. The, 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 part, the part that I thought was, like, <clears throat> was so... so early on to like tell him did you analyze all the titans weaknesses like yeah i i I thought my god i mean he meets him for the first time and then he's like he he profiled the entire team like he knew immediately how to take out all of them (laughs) just like like batman would Yeah. yeah just like bruce did with the justice league but um it, he has a rough time starting, you know, he he tries, he starts off with a lot of confidence and sort of fails to see somebody, so Batman wants to ground him, and Alfred's always a proponent of Dick, you know, like, give him a chance, let him be, yeah. let him be his own character, don't let, don't try to craft him into what you are. And I, I like that about what Alfred was doing, you know, and trying to, to tell Bruce that he's not you. He came from this tragedy, but he's not you. He's not vengeance, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of the kind of the whole um, 
it's kind of the whole um, message of, of this series, I think, um, is Robin struggling to find who he is. And Alfred also, you know, talks to Robin about it and tells them, make sure you don't turn into Bruce. Yeah. <clears throat> In the second issue, he he has a birthday. Well, he goes out on one mission on his own. Um, to try to get Killer Croc. And uh, he gets his own costume. Like, he he crafts his own costume based on, the, I guess it's like the Flying Graysons and the Robin. Yeah. And he questions, like, well, Bruce like this because it's so bright and complete opposite of everything that he would be. And, uh, yeah. He kind of he does it first to spite Bruce because he's like, I'll... I'll show him. I'll I'll do. I'll I'll make a costume that everyone that will stand out and that everyone will see. Yeah. And Bruce, of course, is like, "Why are you wearing that?" <laughs> <laughs> but he was saying that. But he made the same outfit for him. Yeah. I, I imagine I, yeah. that his was like more like Kelvlar and you know like more proof and yeah more. Whereas uh, uh, he had made his out of cloth. Yeah, yeah, more uh, Kevlar, whatever it's tec- called, technologically uh, uh, advanced. The Killer Croc thing was weird because <laughs> he was going after a child, like yeah, and, and I went after to... the school. Like I, I thought that was weird, just because usually in a Killer Croc story, there's like some sympathetic. Um, yeah, there's some. Some bit of humanity about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's like, just, um, I feel sorry for this monster, you know? That, right. That wasn't here. And that's what I was, um, at, at first, reading it, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I bet Killer Croc's going to be sympathetic towards Dick. Because um, they don't really say at first why Croc kind of becomes interested in Dick. Um, but then, you know, towards the end, he he talks about, uh, you know, being in the circus and, and being mistreated and all that. But but, yeah, you don't really know for sure what his motive is. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of thought they were going to go that way where he's going to be sympathetic towards Dick. But no, he wasn't. No, he was trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And Batman, for that matter. Um, right. Yeah. I mean that's one of the big themes. The other theme is on his birthday, he, which I thought was cool, he takes him to the the Justice League satellite to meet all the members of the Justice League, and then the Justice League go out on a mission and uh, uh, they leave Hawkman behind on monitor duty, and uh, he has to also watch the kids. So Robin goes into one room and he gets to meet, you know. Kid Flash, Aqualad, Wonder Girl, Speedy, you know, all the, the Teen Titans, um, yeah. Kid Flash. And then he, he, they go out on missions. They sneak out. They basically sneak out of the satellite, uh, beam themselves down, fight the, you know, a bunch of villains and solve all these mysteries <laughs> and then come back to the satellite with Hawkman none the wiser. <laughs> And uh, Robin leads them too. Yeah, he he's does. Like the, 
it's like his first time meeting him and he just leads them like like he will later on yeah um but yeah and and uh it was kind of a nice moment there that alfred got to see bruce do for dick but then of course he sees the real reason why, <laughs> why send him up there <laughs> to profile all the titans yeah <laughs> It's it's crazy yeah. how he like breaks him down, you know, Aqualad's a loner and this is how to attack him and Wonder Girl's all heart and she cares so much and this is how to break her and it, Yeah, it, no no weaknesses except she sees the good in everyone. Yeah, she sees the good in everyone and that's what you could exploit. <laughs> that's crazy. And Alfred Alfred is so mad too. Oh, he's frustrated. Yeah, you never, like, you, you never really, like, that scene where he's just, he, like, turns on Bruce and is like, you bastard, and he walks away. Like, you never see Alfred get that mad yeah. with Bruce. Crazy. Well, there's that scene at school, too, where he, he has to go pick up Dick for causing a fight, even though he didn't cause the fight. It was a bunch of bullies that were attacking him. And he yeah, through his training, he just whipped them. their asses, you know. Yeah, just destroyed them. Yeah, that was that was really good. I liked this one a lot. <clears throat> I did too. Yeah, it was good. It was uh, and they were they, these were big issues, and they were quick reads too. Yeah, and Killer Croc does get the best of Batman. Like he, Robin yeah. ends up saving Batman. Yeah, Robin. Uh, yeah, takes down Killer Croc one on one, and saves Batman from drowning. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was I, cool. I did. I really like that though. There was that really good scene at the end when, uh, um, let's see, when uh, when Robin um, gets Batman down. And uh, from the the chains, um, and kind of kind of kind of lift him up and hugs him, and and Batman's like, "Good boy, you're a good boy." Yeah, Cause he just saved his life. <clears throat> yeah, yeah that was that's cool. Yeah, it was really a very cool. smooth read. <laughs> It was, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah great, great, uh, great writing and, and the art obviously meshed well with it. Um, I, I do think, though, that our last book was my favorite. The Deathstroke Inc.? Yeah. Well, the one thing I like about that is it was like an adrenaline rush. Like... I think yeah. they I think they wrote it as like just like this speed action type story. Like it, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't have time to like rest. It's just like one of those action movies that you watch that just starts and then it it never ends. And there's so many different like twists that happen too and it's um 
And it's more uh, it's more lighthearted than like the regular Deathstroke books. Yeah, usually are you know, like it wasn't quite as dark. Yeah, it's definitely a different theme. Yeah. Uh, uh, Deathstroke, Black Canary, <laughs> and the the little kid toy the toy man are working for an organization called Trust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I laughed every time I read that name because it's like the the uh, absolute opposite thing you should do is trust. Uh, yeah. Trust. Well, I think Black Canary knows that. Like she's infiltrating. Yeah. Because the Oracle Oracle Center there or something like Oracle's yeah. involved. Uh, Toy Man's there probably because of the gadgets. Yeah, yeah the gadgets. And Deathstroke wants redemption. Like he, he he wants to be he wants to do something good. Yeah, and they don't. I don't know if they so really we think. Say, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if they really say what his true motive is or not in this. Like, and also if he was like, was was he totally like believing what they were selling him? You know, yeah, I don't like, know. Like, did he fall for it, or was he kind of like Canary? Was he like checking into them himself, or you know, maybe he just is trying to do something good, and that's that's all he was doing. Yeah. Um, but basically, they're almost kind of like a Suicide Squad, where where uh, Canary and Deathstroke get sent on these missions uh, and Toy Man kind of helps out with, uh, he's got this big like Batman mech suit type thing that he puts on. Um, But they're tracking down like this uh, hive group. That's like a, it's like a bunch of bees, like bees or something. Yeah, but you know what this reminded people. me of? This reminded me of the Springfield, what is it, Springfield, Illinois, where Cobra, the G.I. Joe Cobra thing. <laughs> because they, they'll have, like, Cobra live in a small town. And oh, yeah. They're, they're really Cobra agents, but it, they make themselves look like, oh, it's just like a regular town. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this reminded it, me of, and it's Hive. It actually reminded me of the um, the Peacemaker show with the insects. Yeah. You know, those like insect aliens. Controlling them. Yeah. Um, but issue one's pretty like straightforward. They go into this town and and find the the Hive queen i guess at this house um and they they capture her i think to bring her back to trust yeah Um, they kill her family (laughs) they're like drop the bomb on this house and then they they run out the house (laughs) and uh all that's left is the the queen bee yeah, and towards the end of the episode, you find out that Trust had made some kind of offer to the the Hive Queen, um, because they, um, it's in the epilogue. The um, 
uh, I forget who. Oh, it's the uh, it's the the main girls talking to. Um, it, it's got like the black um, the black boxes for the dialogue of kind of the secret character. Yeah. You know the guy in charge, and uh, she talks about the hive queen turning down their offer. Um, but then there, uh, well, there's even a reference. We'll turn her over to director chase and the, the, the DEO. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically, they're, they're like trying to get, um, accumulate super villains. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. And they're trying to get heroes and villains to kind of work together. Yeah. Well, I don't know what her motive is. I I know who she is because we've seen her in <laughs> Justice League because they reveal her identity in the third issue. Yeah. The second issue is pretty cool because it's in space. Yeah. It's like in the second issue too. It's like all it's like all double page um, spreads. Yeah, I really like I really like Howard Porter's art in this. Like, yeah, I it's think really cool. I think he's very creative in the way he lays out the story, the way yeah. he does the panels and everything. It it's really dynamic, and there's a lot of motion in all of this. So, <laughs> he's a good yeah, action that, artist. That page where they that spread where they introduce Cyborg Superman is just amazing. Yeah. They they've got Cyborg Superman. He's got him up in the top left and then the the weird uh, the yeah, the weird. I couldn't remember his name. He's all t- uh locked up there. And did then you've you got the circle the, panel. Did you ever read the original series The Weird? Uh I don't think so. I wonder if that's on the app. Uh, the the other <laughs> thing where the weird weird appears a lot in is the Ran Thanagor Wars oh, that Jim okay. Starlin was writing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Jim Starlin-created uh, character. Huh. Let's see. Yeah, I did a search for the weird, and it uh, it pulls up some issues that he must be in. Like, one of them is Ran Thanagor, yeah. Holy War. Issue seven doesn't look like they have the series though. So this is a cyborg Superman type issue in space, <laughs> and he's using the weird as like a power source, and our team has to go and stop him, and they do. And they free yeah. the weird. And then at the end of the issue, you see like a fable land. And uh, the cheetah is dressed like in a Wonder Woman garment. And it says, Hail Queen Cheetah. <laughs> yeah, issue three, it, re- it really starts going off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In a good way, like it's super fun. 
Yeah, because um, it's the Queen of Fables, right? Yeah. She's they use her to go. To, she's like put Cheetah into like a, a fable realm, <laughs> and Deathstroke has to infiltrate the fable realm as kind of like the knight. And Cheetah's like on vacation, right? She's like taking a vacation there. Yeah. And she basically like she makes herself her own little world that she thinks is perfect and she kind of takes it over as like a a dictator but she yeah she's dressed like wonder woman (laughs) yeah and then black canary and uh toy man bring in uh the queen of fables to turn her in over to trust and that's when she's looking at a a painting of her mother and uh she notices that it's the paint is just painted like this painting hasn't from, like, when her mother was around. It was just painted. Yeah, it was still wet. <laughs> and Cheetah tries to tell Deathstroke what's really happening. Yeah, she tries to tell him about trust. Um, Deathstroke rips up her her uh fantasy world uh the the pages in her world like disappears um yeah she tells him basically shouldn't be um he should be questioning everything that he he knows about trust yeah Uh, and uh the toy toy man starts sneaking around and kind of gets caught by uh, the the head girl, um, and and Dinah's out on, outside the building, out the window, kind of listening and spying. And that's when you find out that she's Libra. <laughs> what was Libra in Countdown? She was in like one big event, and I can't remember what it was. She was in one of those weekly events, and I don't remember which one. Um, Final Crisis? It could be. That's what comes up if you search Libra. Okay, that's that's probably what I'm, I remember her from. Yeah. Yeah, she is in in that. Um, <clears throat> let's see, and then uh, let's see. Oh, and then yeah, issue three kind of ends with Oracle telling uh, Canary she has to take down Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Um, so Oracle's now more worried about Deathstroke here than she seems about trust. Um, issue four was really cool. Um, how far did you read in this? Oh, I didn't read to issue four. I only read, I only read up to three. Okay. I read all five issues that were on here. Oh, I didn't even know it had five. All I, yeah. wrote, I all I all I I read paper, so oh, I went okay. and got 
I went and got the three because I thought that's what we were going to cover, but. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, issue four is really good. Um, yeah, I, I love the art in this book, though. The art is amazing. Is Howard Porter still the artist yeah. on the next two? Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. What was the next two involving? Um, so Deathstroke and Canary kind of have a confrontation where they fight a little bit and they, Canary basically says, did you know that Juliet is Libra? And Deathstroke says, Cheetah told me, she told me the truth. Um, and basically cheetah told deathstroke that trust is um recruit is not taking down people like cheetah and um uh the fables and queen of fables and the hive hive and they're recruiting yeah it, but if if they don't agree like to their terms, then they send Deathstroke in to get them. Basically, is what's happening. Um, and then, um, Deathstroke is kind of trying to is asking Canary if she's. Um, he basically said he had to test her to see if she was really, really her or if she was actually like working for trust mm-hmm. and was in on it. And so Dinah tells him, uh, Oracle hired her to investigate trust. Um, <clears throat> so they basically kind of make the agreement, um, that they're going to work together and burn down trust together. Um, and Canary says, fine, but afterward I'm taking you in. Um, so they go, they start to go like back to their, like back to the rooms, I guess, in that, that big trust building. Yeah. Um, and Libra, um, stops them and and tells them she has a mission for them and uh slade starts questioning libra like um so basically the next person they need to go get is dr destiny and uh slade's asking what are you going to do with him after we get him yeah and she says well we're going to turn him in and she's like, why all the questions, Slade? Is my money not good anymore? And, and Deathstroke says, no amount of money can cover lying to me. Um, so then, like, right as he says that, the whole, uh, like, Legion of Doom, like, bursts in. So it's uh, Luther, Grodd, Black Hand, uh, Captain Cold, um, Vandal Savage. 
they all kind of burst in and start fighting Canary and Deathstroke. Yeah. Um, and that seems uh, totally outnumbered. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. And uh, uh, Libra. So this is this is a a pretty uh, pretty crazy part because Libra Libra gets killed. Um, Libra gets killed, Deathstroke gets killed, and Luther's about to kill Canary. And Canary screams, and um, Luther like shatters apart. And um, it, uh, and, Sl- and Slade kind of, uh, um, Slade, Slade kind of like, um, Uh, it, it turns out like Slade was actually standing where Luther was when mm-hmm. she screamed. And so Slade falls and he says, I was trying to snap you out of it. And um, Dinah's like, what? What the heck's going on here? And all the Legion of Doom disappear. And basically it was a nightmare that Dr. Destiny had put together for Dinah. Um, but she really did scream and, and hurt Deathstroke. So now Deathstroke's down. And we also find out that Prometheus um, was working with Dr. Destiny, um, which uh, he was, uh, it was interesting to see him kind of show up again. Um, That's a lot and, happening uh, in, in, in five yeah. issues. Yeah, so basically it's it's trust is um Libra, uh Doctor Destiny and Prometheus kinda working together. Um and uh they they Slade and, and Dinah basically go run off to the the crooked house in the ghost zone to kind of hide away um, from trust. And so Slade can like recover because he's like in bad shape Yeah. from Dinah screaming right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so that's just issue four. Um, I won't go through issue five, but it, it, uh, it's pretty good. It's it's more members of the of trust are revealed, and um, it's pretty cool. I, I'm really liking this series. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of just like 180 turns um, between Dinah and Deathstroke. They're not like really sure you know, who to trust and even if they can trust each other. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think we said who wrote this, but it's Joshua Will- Williamson and then Howard yeah, Porter. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, I've always liked Howard oh, and Porter. It, issue five. So issue four, Dinah had that dream. Um, issue five, they kind of show a dream that Deathstroke has while he's, um, while he's out cold. Um, 
Dr. Destiny puts together his dream for him. And it's, it's, it's really kind of, it's kind of funny, but it's got some seriousness to it too. Like it's kind of like medieval times and death strokes, like a night mm-hmm. and, and his, his family's there and his, uh, even grants back. So like he, he gets to see grant, um, kind of all grown up. Um, his so it's two, pretty his good. Two, his two sons and daughter. Yeah. 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 And wife. And grant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, grant and is winter green there. around too? Uh, they didn't show winter green. Just, uh, he just has a moment like with his son. Uh, uh yeah, but, uh, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, it's an interesting, uh, interesting series. And like I said, just really fun with a lot of different characters. Popping yeah, it's up. very different from any other Deathstroke that we've seen <laughs> in the past, for sure. Yeah, and it, uh, it kind of reminds me of of Task Force Z a little bit. How it's almost like anything goes in this book, you know? Right. They're getting manipulated <laughs> by somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we can pick our uh, our books. I I had already picked mine, uh, me at too. least for the old stuff. Um, the ones that I'm going to choose are Wildcats Trilogy 1 through 3 and Eclipso 4 through 6. Ooh. Go back to Eclipso. Yeah. See if that will we'll win. See some more mass murdering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I picked, for the old ones, I picked... Omega Men 1 through 3, the original series. Oh, I didn't even know they had that. Yeah. I like that uh, one. And then uh, 1996, uh, Grifter 1 through 3. Grifter 1996. So we got two Wildstorm things in there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We'll see if uh, any of them win. <clears throat> I won't guess this time because I'm always off. <laughs> who win? Who will win? I have yeah. no clue. With this yeah. batch, uh, and and when you throw big names, like I don't think we've ever had a Batman win or a Nightwing, like some of the bigger comics. That's true. Yeah. It's always been something off, so it, it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, those like to me the the for whatever well to me like the the maybe like the B or C list titles like I think they have more memorable stories you know yeah like they they get to do more with with their stories and um, I for you know they just end up being more memorable for some reason yeah. I think. Well, for my new one, I'm going to go with uh, DC versus Vampires 1 through 3. I mean, 1 through 4, since they have it. Okay. 
DC vs. Vampires 1 through 4. For my new one, I'll go with um, Flashpoint Beyond. That's cool. I wanted to read that. Is this the the Jeff Johns one? Yeah, and I think I have issues 0 through 3. Okay, we can do that. So that'd be four issues. Yeah. So we have DC versus Vampires 1 through 4, Flashpoint Beyond 0 through 3, and whoever wins between Wildcats Trilogy 1 through 3, Eclipso 4 through 6, Omega Man number 1 through 3, and Grifter 1996 1 through 3. That sound right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, I think we could wrap this baby up. Um we'll see who wins i'm I'm gonna post the uh uh, the survey out right after we're done here and uh you can find us at dcpodcast.com dcnoisepodcast.com i didn't even get it right and uh and i'll say i'm on facebook you could search for the same name click the like button you can reach uh kyle at kpedit5 and uh, me at Mike Myers Brunch. And we'll yep. wrap this one up a little early. Um, and we'll be back next time with some interesting books. Uh, big writers, because that's with Jeff Johns and uh, Tom Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Or is that, is that Tom Taylor? I don't know if it is. <clears throat> I'm thinking of Deceased. Who's writing DC versus Vampires? Is that Williamson? Uh, versus okay. Vampires. It is Tinian and Rosenberg. Tinian, yeah. Yeah. Tynan. Yeah. I wonder if he's. Oh. He, 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 if I'm ever pronouncing it right, because he always says tiny onion. So, like, it's Tinian. <laughs> I always uh, pronounce it wrong. Huh. But uh, I thought it was uh, Tom Taylor, but it's not. But still big names. <clears throat> yep. So yep. It's a series that I've been wanting to read because there's so many of them. And it spawns off a bunch of one-shots and other series. Hmm. All right. Well, Kyle, I hope you have a productive week and it doesn't burn you out too much. (laughs) Yeah. It it definitely needs to be productive. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. All right. Sounds good, Mike. Take it easy. you, You take care. Yep, enjoy your vacation. All right, I will. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Bye.